0: Okay, well, today uh, we get Pastor Cameron left. He's a great teacher of the word. He's also a potter. Potter, potter, potter. He's a potter. Uh, I'm just telling you, uh, we've seen some of it. I just got to see some of his work yesterday. If you're interested in ceramics at all, you need to go see Cameron and Jen. They have an incredible gift, especially Cameron for pottery. So uh, go see him do that. But on top of that, I just want you to know I love this guy. I'm excited for the word this morning. Would you just, why don't we stand and give Pastor Cameron a big hand as he comes this morning. Thank you, Pastor Doug. Don't you guys love our pastor? Let's hear it for Pastor Doug. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, my name is Cameron. My wife, uh, Jen, and I, if you don't know, my wife was... Um, playing the keyboard this morning. We are the youth pastors here at Harbor City Church. The name of our youth group is HCY Harbor City Youth. Raise your hand if you are in middle school or high school. Don't be shy. Raise them up. Hey, we're having a Christmas party this Friday. I see you in the back. I'll see you there, 7 to 8 p.m., and I would love to have you. There's going to be food. There's going to be games. There's going to be presents, so you will not want to miss that. Sound good? Let's open with a word of prayer. Well, Father, we thank you for meeting with us this morning. Your presence was was here, is here, will be here. And uh, we thank you for meeting with us today and opening our understanding that we'd comprehend your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you should have some notes uh, near you. And uh, we've been going through a series on hope, peace, and love is the third part. And this morning, the title of my message is The Great Gift Exchange. How many of you like getting gifts? How many of you, your love language is actually gift gift giving? Now, you love to give and you love to receive gifts. So we have The Great Gift Exchange. And as I was thinking about gifts, one of my favorite gifts that I've ever received is this Holy Bible, NIV version, and I received it when I was seven or eight years old. I think for that Christmas, I didn't get a whole lot, and that's okay. Uh, I lived out in the in the country with the chickens and the dogs and didn't have a whole lot. I don't think my mom at the time had a whole lot, but she brought me and got me and my brothers this wonderful Bible. Can you say amen to that? And so I think out of all the things I've received through middle school, high school, I don't have any of those toys anymore but i still have the word of god have you ever received a gift that has been near and dear to you and and you love having pastor doug if you you can catch i very give him a good hand i tossed it to my wife first service she dropped so my beloved bible i've been talking about has it it doesn't have a dent in it it still looks pretty good Matter of fact, somebody came, in, came to me between services and says, is it a new international version? I go, yeah, it's got the pictures in the front, yeah, in the back. Yeah, it's got your name on it. I go, yeah. He goes, I got one too. I'm starting to think maybe someone was going around a few years ago handing these out or selling these or something. I don't know what the story is, but there's more than one. This is great. So I said, I, I want to share that. How many of you have ever received a gift that you didn't enjoy for Christmas? Some, some of you raise your hand. One of, my, one of my least favorite gifts, now, if my mom is watching this, or she actually, she listens to my sermons, and I find out, she's like, you know, you said that, and you said this, so I got to be careful now. So, mom, there was this one time you got me a toothbrush for Christmas. How many of you, if you are in middle school, would love to get a toothbrush for Christmas? And it was a Sonicare, and you guys, you guys ever heard of Sonicare? And my kids love electric toothbrushes, like it does all the work for you. Well, you would, you, I think there was a button on the bottom, and you'd stick the Sonicare in your mouth, and it would go for like two minutes. Now, for me, that seemed like a long time. My life was wasting away in two minutes with the, in the bathroom with that toothbrush. And then I tried, to, I tried to shortcut it a little bit. And you ever try to take a Sonicare out of your mouth and a little like a minute early, and it, and it got all, all over my face? So I had some gifts that I love, my Bible. Anybody ever get a new bike for Christmas? Ever get a Roadmaster? Ever heard of a Roadmaster? Yes, yeah, some of you got the Roadmaster. I actually Googled Roadmaster. They still make Roadmasters. I got a Roadmaster bike. I got a Sonicare, which I didn't love. And what? Now, I've also given some gifts, and one of my favorite gifts I ever got to give was a pearl bracelet for my wife-to-be Jennifer Love. I was living on Orcas Island, this little island of 4,500 people. I met this wonderful gal named Jen, Jennifer, and then she moved to Washington, D.C., so I had to go get her. I was 28, 29 years old, and I was determined in my heart to be married before 30 years old. That was like the cutoff. So I met Jen. She seemed to kind of like me, so she's the one. That's kind of, that's kind of how that went down. Not really. She liked me. I liked her. So I buy this pearl bracelet, and I fly out to Washington, D.C., and there's a lot of cool stuff in D.C., and there's the mall, and there's uh, monuments. There's the Lincoln Memorial, and I had this all built up in my mind that I was going to be in front of Abraham Lincoln's memorial, and maybe I would take a knee, and I would – I wasn't proposing, even. I was like I – I wasn't even, I just wanted to tell her I loved her for the first time. I wanted to, like, signify it with, yeah, see? With, with the pearl. And so I thought I would be in front of Abraham Lincoln and maybe old Abe himself would like kind of reach out his hand and sort of like bless this relationship, whatever it was. I got a little disoriented. And somehow I ended up at the Korean War Memorial. And, that, <laughs> and that's where this whole thing went down. According to my wife, she's like, You, you were scared. You, you were thinking people were going to be looking at you. And, 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 and she's probably right, too. I wanted to be somewhat secretive. I didn't realize that there's a lot of people there at the mall. <laughs> the great gift exchange. We've re- received some gifts that we like, maybe some gifts that we haven't enjoyed. and We've given some gifts that we have enjoyed giving. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. I, I actually like to be in the giving game myself. And as I thought about as we come in, can I say Merry Christmas? It's not too early to say Merry Christmas, right? <laughs> I think there's a song "Happy Holidays," but that's not "Merry Christmas." There was a there's a there's a, there's a lyric I've been singing. It. Pastor Doug's chuckling at me. Is there is there a song "Merry Christmas"? Yeah. There's a lot of them. Thank you. God. Okay. We, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. As I thought about gifts, I thought about what are some gifts that we could bring to the Lord. How many of you would like to bring something that blesses the heart of God? I mean, it's one thing we can give to our wife, we can give to our girlfriend, we can present the pearl, we can present the bracelet, and we can give to kids, and we can get the care toothbrush. But what can we bring to the Lord? Can we bring something to the Lord that would bless him? In your notes, number one, we can bring our offerings. I thought about this. When Jesus was born, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, it says, They entered the house... And they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. And then they opened their treasure chest and they gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Do you know that God receives your gift? The Bible says that here, mortal men receive our tithes. We have some boxes around in the back, and I'm not trying to take an offering right now, but just... Just for reference, we have the generosity boxes, and there's a box there and a box there, and some of us enjoy giving online, and it says, after service, there's going to be someone that goes around, and they're going to to open the boxes, and they're going to get the envelopes, and we're going to count them, and we'll be good stewards of that. And it says, here, mortal men, we receive your tithes, but there, he receives them. No, God receives your gift. He's well-pleased with your gift. So we can bless God with our offerings. What else? Number two in your notes... We can praise him. We can offer our praise. Pastor Doug, thank you so much for coming up this morning and sharing and exhorting us. And didn't you sense the presence of God here this morning? Ready to break every chain off of your life. Pastor Doug, I had, to, I just, I had the same word in my heart. So he was the one that said I'm, he, he went for it. And I, I'm appreciative of that. What happens? It says, Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips. We give thanks to his name. And the Bible says that God inhabits. He takes up a dwelling in the praises of his people. The praises went up. Well-pleasing to God. Fruit from our lips. And God came down and he took up a habitation. Hey, Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that's why those chains begin to break, bondages begin to break, addictions begin to break, healing begins to take place. How many of you need healing this morning, physical healing in your body? Yeah, that's what we're going to do. So this is how we do it. We're going to pray right now. Father, we thank you that you're inhabiting the praises of our people. We praise you. And when you're here with us, Lord, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we thank you for breakthrough, change-breaking, bondage, bondage is falling falling off, supernaturally, addiction being broken right now as we sing the precious name of Jesus. Amen. He receives our praise, doesn't he? What else can we bring to the Lord? What else can we offer to the maker of heaven and earth? Number three, we can serve others in need. Listen to this portion of scripture, Matthew 25, it says, when the son of man comes in his glory, and I will say this, the son of man is coming in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep. I was in prison and you came to me. How many of you have ever been involved uh, in prison ministry or actively involved? I want to just thank you so much for your service in that ministry. Because Jesus said, you came and you visited me there. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. What can you offer up to the Lord in this holiday season? And it's not just for this season. It's for any season. But it's something that in which God is well pleased. The gift of serving others. You visited someone, you clothed someone, you prepared a warm meal for someone. Jesus says that you actually did that for me. We can bring gifts. I would encourage you to, Pastor Doug gave the announcement, I just want to echo that, that this is an opportunity to respond to this message right now. Say, I will bring a gift for someone in need. What else can we bring to God? Number four, our faith. Hebrews eleven six. 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Right. That also means, but with faith, it is possible to please him. Right. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he is what? That he is God, right. and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We've said this over the last few weeks that Faith is simply taking God at his word. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. That's good. Come on. How does faith come? Yeah, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How many of you have been enjoying watching the World Cup recently, some of the soccer matches? Pastor Doug, you and I, we, <laughs> we like the World Cup. And I enjoy sitting, and you guys have watched some football recently or some other things. And that's really wonderful, and I enjoy the good fellowship doing that. But, you know, my faith doesn't grow a whole lot when I'm watching the World Cup. Good fellowship can, but faith comes by hearing the word of God. There's something that, the I don't know if you've ever heard of this gentleman. He's passed away now years ago. His name is, was Smith Wigglesworth, and he raised more than one person from the dead. They actually kind of dubbed him as the apostle of faith, and I've read after him a few of his books. And I remember something he, he said, and I looked up the quote. And he said this, there is something about believing God that will cause him to pass over a million people to get to you. God is well pleased with your faith. He loves to be believed. You know what they call believers? Believers. believers. And <laughs> sort of an oxymoron. I doubt God could do that. Hey, you're a believer. That's what we do. We take God out of his word. God says it. We believe it. That settles it. God loves our faith. We can bring that to him. Number five, what else can we bring to God? Sharing the gospel, the good news. Romans 10, 15, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. You want to bless God? Be one that brings good news. I had at our youth group this last week, uh, we had Luke Berger come up and share with us. And he said this statement. It really stuck with me. I told him this morning, I said, this really stuck with me. He says, we should never be ashamed to share the good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good things. This blesses God. This is, our, this is our goal as a church. We want to bring good news to you. News of peace. News of healing. News of deliverance. We're bringing good news of breakthrough. Good news that you're received in the beloved. Good news that if you're in Christ, you can be a brand new creation. Good news that old things can pass away. All things can become new. Good news that there is hope for your marriage. Good news that your children are going to do well. Good news that there is healing available for you. Good news that there's recovery of sight to the blind. There's good news in the house, and that's the message that we bring, and that's the message that we can all bring. We don't need a microphone to bring that news. We can bring that news. That's news worth sharing, and God is well pleased with that, and he calls our feet beautiful who bring that good news. Number six, what else can we offer up to the Lord? I love this one. We can bring unity. King David said this in Psalm 133. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the beard, running down on the beard of Aaron. That's Moses's brother running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon, descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. And God looks down upon us, and he sees a body of believers, and he sees a body of churches in Grace Harbor County, and he sees that they're living and dwelling together in unity, and and he says, I'm going to command a blessing on the house of the Lord. I'm commanding a blessing, life forevermore. You want to bless the heart of God. Let's live in unity with one. With that, God is well pleased. We're going to bring gifts to our aunts and uncles. We're going to bring gifts to our children. We're going to bring some gifts to our friends. Let's, what can we bring to God? We can bring a heart of unity. Paul talked about being of the same mind and of the same spirit and speaking the same thing. Actually, John 13 says this, by this, You want a great end time testimony to the world? By this, all will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. So what can we bring to God? We can bring our offerings. And these are just a few things. I'm sure this is is by no means comprehensive. This is just as I was praying and seeking the Lord about what I would share. These are a few things I thought we could bring to God. Our offerings, our praise and worship. We can serve others in need because when we serve others, we're doing it as unto the Lord. We can bring our faith, we can share good news, and we can live in unity. Now, as I thought about things that we can bring to God, well, what are some things that God wants to bring to us? James 1 says, every good and every perfect gift. We're going to receive some gifts through the holidays, but guess what? Every good and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights and whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. What's that mean? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right. He changes not. What are some gifts? Do you, has anybody made out? Do you guys still make out kind of a Christmas list, like some things that you want for Christmas? Some of you do. How many of you don't make out a Christmas list? Okay, well, I do. <laughs> I still write down some things like, man, I think I'd want that or, or this. Did anybody put a KitchenAid mixer on their list this year? A couple of you, know my, my wife, she passed on the KitchenAid mixer, didn't want the mixer. Any, any of you middle school, high school students want a PS5? Wow, first service, too. Nobody wants the PS5 anymore. Okay, I see one guy in the, Weston, huh? You don't want the PS5? He says, no, okay. I know something I want, I, I was thinking about getting, was a new golf club. When I, I'm, I'm a left-hander, so when I swing and hit the ball, the ball kind of does this job, or it's called a slice. Basically, it gets up, and it's kind of a shape of a banana, and then when it hits the, hits the fairway, if it even gets to the fairway, it, can, it just goes sideways. So it's a banana shot, so much so that my son, when I'm out golfing with him, he calls me the banana man, So I'm the banana man out there on the golf course. And I was talking to someone saying, I think I need a new club. They can weight it differently, and it's like an anti-slice club. And I was talking to a a former golf coach. He goes, you don't need a new club. You need to fix your swing. (laughs) Pastor Doug, you told me that a year ago. You remember that? You said, you know, it's not the club. Hey, it's a poor craftsman who blames his tools, right? Yeah. Can I tell you the real honesty? I I still want a new club. I still think it's the club after all that. Well, what, about, what else can we put on our list? What about peace? What about peace? You know, there's some things we can go to Walmart, and we can go to Amazon, and Target, wherever you like to go, but there's some things that only God can give. John chapter 14, Jesus says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Can't get it from Mama. Can't get it from Aunt Sally. Can't get it from Brother Joey. But guess what? God has good things for those who ask him. God wants to give you peace this season. What else does he have for us? He has a future and a hope for us. Jeremiah 29 says, For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. You can't find this at Walmart. You can't do a Google search. How am I going to get a hold of future and hope? What can I do? How many of you would like a future and a hope? Yeah, I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you to give you a future and a hope. You can't pay for this. You can't buy this with money. You can't write the check. The Christmas bonus isn't going to do it, but you will call on me. And go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Aren't these wonderful gifts? Things that the money can't buy? But God has them freely to give to you peace, future, a hope. What else do we have? Well, what we have next is the last couple weeks, we've heard a couple testimonies and people have been on stage doing some skits and sharing testimony. And what I'd like to do now is we're going to watch a video of a woman who has a testimony to share with us.
1: Have you ever had someone look at you with disgust? It's hard to describe because it can be so subtle, but you know, it painfully well, especially when it happens, they take in a breath slowly and as they do their body expands their shoulders widen their neck elongates their nostrils flare and for a moment you are the center of their world of thought not ignored not invisible but the focus and this is what is so hard to describe but you just know when it happens there's that look it might be the slight nodding of the head or the jaw set slightly to one side. The eyelids squint, or the upper lip moves slightly as they bite the tip of their tongue. And there. With a blink, a flicker of contempt, your worth is assessed. Not a single word is spoken between you, but they've communicated as clearly as if they've shouted it. You're disgusting. Dismissed disposable. That's a good word for it. I was always disposable to men, especially the religious leaders. Of course, there are words that come with those looks too, but they're not worth repeating here. I'm sure you can imagine what they might call someone like me, a poor woman with no prospects, a woman without a husband, and a sinner at that. I have lived being looked at with disgust. But do you know what I feared most? More than whether I'd be able to eat from day to day, how I'd ever pay off my debts, (laughs) or what I'd have to do to make the money to pay off those debts. More than anything, I feared to look at Jesus because of the way that the Pharisees looked at me. I could bear the look from those self-proclaimed religious men, even though their scorn hurt. I learned to live with their disgust. Most of us had to because there was nothing we could do to please them anyway. You don't have to be a nobody to understand that some of them threw their own shame on me. Because it was their own acts towards me that made me a sinner in the first place. (sighs) I watched him, you know, from a distance. (sighs) As he walked the outskirts of the city, greeting children, touching the sick, laughing with those set free of demons or cancer, I mean, even leprosy. He healed people of everything. It was incredible. And you didn't have to be a religious person to see that Jesus was sent from God into our world. But I, uh, I, I kept my distance. Because <laughs> I, uh, I couldn't abide the thought of having the Messiah look at me in the same way that the Pharisees looked at me. If he was disgusted, I'd know it. If his famous love for the poor didn't fall upon me, I'd see it. I stayed away from him until I could no longer stay away. I had to know, and I will never forget it. When Jesus first looked at me, I I walked through the crowd timid as a mouse trying to hide myself in the throng of people but suddenly the crowd moved as he stood up and he turned and it it seemed almost by chance that our eyes met and I don't care what anyone else says it was like that story from Joshua when the sun stood still and time stopped and he just looked at me our eyes locked And the same man who told the famous parable about the shepherd who went looking for the one lost sheep, he was looking back at me. And there was no disgust. There was no disdain. I was seen, really seen. And my friends, he didn't look away. His eyes were full of love. He smiled with happiness to see me. Like I was a long-lost friend. Somehow, he knew exactly who I was. Everything I'd done. The bad, the sin, and the good too. And he didn't look away. He reached out his hand. He smiled. And he called me daughter. Not a woman lost in sin. None of the other names that people have always called me. But he called me? daughter i'm sure you've heard the rest of the story i can't actually believe how many people know it about the alabaster jar of perfume how i entered the house where jesus visited for a feast and how i washed his feet with my tears because i wept (sighs) that was my first christmas right there in a forgotten town he wasn't a sweet babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in straw the Jesus I met was a man surrounded by people who wanted his attention and his help. And Jesus met me in my forgottenness and my shame, and he looked at me with love. At the house of Simon the Pharisee, where I couldn't restrain the love of God that changed my world in an instant a pure love, not only that, a forgiving love. It- It was a love that set me free. Today, I want you to remember that when Jesus sees you, he looks at you with love.
0: Come on, let's hear it for Becca. She did a great job. She said, when Jesus looks at you, he looks at you with love. In your notes, she received the love of God and you can receive the love of God and we can receive the love of God. You know, Jesus loves you. John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world. He's not a hater, is he? God loves you so he gave his son for you that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved god's not a condemner and finally in your notes the other gift gifts that god wants to give up, give us is the gift of eternal life romans six twenty three says for the wages of sin is death but the free gift of god is eternal life through christ jesus our lord this past week, past couple weeks, I've had the FedEx driver coming, coming and dropping off presents. The UPS guy has showed up. The mailman's dropping off presents. But when we think about Jesus, he comes with the present too. He comes with a free gift of eternal life. And he comes up and he walks up to the doorstep and he walks up to the door of your heart and he knocks. If anyone opens the door, I will come in and be with him and sup with him. And God is knocking on the door and offering you the best gift of all. It can't be purchased. It can't be bought. It cannot be earned. It is received. Would you receive Jesus into your life? Jesus comes to bring peace. He comes to bring future and a hope. I know some of you have a wish list or a Christmas list, if you will. And he comes to bring you things that are not perishable. Peace, future and hope, love, salvation, forgiveness, restoration. Will you stand with me this morning? I would like everybody to bow their heads right now. And I do believe that and we do know that the spirit of the Lord is here and Jesus is knocking on the door of our heart. And maybe you've not had the opportunity to invite Jesus into your heart. And he's knocking with a free gift and you would like to invite him into your life. Will you raise your hand so that I can pray for you? And I'm thinking of those online as well. Raise your hand nice and bold and high. One, two, three, four, five, six seven, eight, nine. Let's keep them raised. Is there any more? I see 10 in the back. Come on. Jesus is here. He's bringing good news. He's not a condemner. He came to bring life. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray like everybody in here to repeat after me. Say, Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. Forgive me of my sins, make me new, make me whole. Be my Lord, my boss, my Savior, my friend, and my King. Lead me into peace and destiny. Help me to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Give them a a hand clap. Come on. Thank you, Lord. What we're going to do right now, I would like to invite the prayer team to come forward. If you have a prayer request, something you want someone to agree with you, maybe you've been praying for someone else and you want someone to agree with you, come on up. Maybe you need healing and you want someone to lay hands on you and and, and pray healing over you, do that. And we're going to worship just for a few moments, but come on up and receive prayer this morning.